A very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards living a better life. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational messages and transformational stories out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode where we're doing the mini-series, the sacred mini-series. And at this point, I just want to remind listeners around that less is more, because for me, the words are going to be less. And so I'm going to do no more than hand over to Amy Moscow and Dr. Kimberly Woods. Thank you, Paul. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the sacred journey. My name is Amy Mosco, and I'm co-founder of Intentional Healing Systems. I'm the author of Gratitude Plus Forgiveness Times Love Equals Happiness and Daily Agreements, Guidelines, and Intentions. I've also developed a life improvement and healing system called Sacred to honor the sacred nature within each and every one of us. And you can find more information about me um, on my website at www.com ihsunity.com. Now, Kimberly, over to you. Hi, my name is Dr. Kimberly Woods. Uh, I am an author, a teacher, a healer, and a guide. I currently have a business called Mystical Awakenings, and I'm launching a new business, the School of Mystical Arts, in mid-February. Thank you uh, for joining us today. We are doing a mini-series on sacred and what it means to be unified and connected. And our particular topic today is going to be on hope over fear and having hope in the midst of fear. And our current guest today is Rick Swanson, who is uh, an entrepreneur extraordinaire, a shaman, and currently is working on something called 1010, which Rick can tell us more about. But before we begin in our podcast today with Rick, uh, Amy is going to lead us through uh, meditation. Back to you, Amy. Okay. All right. So we're going to do a meditation today to clear fear away. All right. So I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes and take a few deep breaths. And I'm going to start the meditation with some intentions. Okay. So breathe in through your nose and then out through your mouth. Focus on your breathing and listen to my words. I choose to become the most divinely perfect reflection of my sacred nature. I choose to release all fear energy that blocks my true reflection. I choose to cut all cords at the roots of anything I leave behind. I choose to live above the threshold of fear. Okay, take another deep breath. In through your nose, out through your mouth. And as you inhale, visualize yourself pulling golden energy into your lungs. And on your exhale, visualize yourself releasing debris from inside of you. Let go of that energy that dims your light. Now imagine yourself taking a walk by yourself on a dirt road that's cut a path through the woods. The sun is shining so you can feel the warmth on your head, your face, and your shoulders. Off in the distance, you can see that the road splits so the current path goes left and a new path goes to the right. 
know that as you close in on the split, you'll have to make an important choice. In preparation for this decision, you're going to clear your energy with grace and ease. I'm going to make some statements to direct this clearing process. If the statements feel right to you, just agree to integrate the energy of them. With grace and ease, I am using love to cut cords of attachment with energies that slow my vibration and bring forward into the next moment only energies that support my highest possible vibration. Visualize yourself taking a step forward out of yourself into a new version of you. See the cords that would pull you back being cut by an archangel with a golden sword. See those cords in the layer you've just released fall behind you and turn to dust. With grace and ease, I am using love to dissolve memories of trauma and bring forward into the next moment only memories that lift me up. Visualize your t- yourself taking another step forward, out of the old you and into the new you. See the crown of your head light up with golden energy. See the trauma memories leave your brain like smoke and fall behind you as dust. With grace and ease, I am using love to remove energetic roadblocks that hinder my progress and bring forward into the next moment only free-flowing creative energy. Visualize yourself taking another step forward out of yourself into the new you. See the roadblocks as a boulder behind you turn to dust. With grace and ease, I am using love to neutralize all fears within any part of me and bring forward into the next moment only love. Visualize yourself taking another step forward out of the old you into a new you. That new you is emanating golden energy from every cell. You've reached the split in the road and it's decision time. The path that continues on the left has a sign which reads, The Fearful Me. The path that splits off to the right has a sign which reads, Courageous Me. Choose your path and take several steps forward until you're solidly on your chosen path. If you've chosen to take the path that corresponds with the courageous you, close out this meditation by integrating the energy of these words. With gratitude and forgiveness, I am released from all attachments to fear. I am a divine reflection of pure love. And so it is. So it is. Thank you, Amy. Uh, As I said today, we are going to be talking with Rick Swanson. And uh, Rick, I thought maybe you could tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you're doing, what you're working on currently now with 1010 uh, as we address the topic of hope beyond fear. Thanks for having me, Kimberly and Amy. That was an absolutely beautiful meditation. I will look forward to listening to it again and again. That is uh, absolutely wonderful. Oh, good. Uh, So uh, a couple of thoughts before we dive in deeper. Um, I was taught an acronym for fear uh, 30 plus years ago that I think is super powerful. Um, it is for the conscious mind to be able to give meaning to fear in a rational way. So this won't deal with fear from an emotional perspective, 
but fear is an acronym in the acronym is false evidence appearing real so the mind when we examine fear usually it is irrational meaning it, it doesn't there's nothing actually to be fearful of except what we imagine could happen to us not actually what is happening to us so I want, just want to acknowledge that a very large percentage of the time, I, I would guess in the neighborhood of 90 plus percent of time, fear is actually what is imagined, not what is, is actually, it, fear is emanating from what is being imagined, not what is actually happening. So uh, use that as, as a basis to begin to deal with fear. Um, and uh, go with grace and ease, as Amy said, because grace and ease and being in the flow uh, are, are absolutely a much safer and better way. Um, so how would you like me to address this, Kimberly, with hope? Uh, would you like to hear my personal struggles and story or what is it that you would like to uh, accomplish today? I don't think that we have it as scripted as that. Um, certainly, Amy and I have talked about some things that we would like to ask you, but okay. we're talking about people. I, I love what you said, how you define fear. We're talking about people who though, would say, no, it's not false evidence. Uh, there really is a virus. People really are getting sick. I really have lost my job. Uh, my business really has gone out of business. Um, and they can say these are real, real things. This is real evidence. It's not appearing that way. How, how, what would you say to someone like that? And in a way that would help them to shift their perspective possibly towards one of hope. That is an excellent way to frame it and an excellent question. Um, I'm pausing for a second because I wanna put myself in the position of not being or having been through my life experiences and, and share what it would be like uh, having not had these experiences, uh, but yet still give you the answer that, that ultimately you will find is true. And um, I'll go back to a time when I thought the worst thing ever happened to me. And I was in my 20s and uh, I had an event happen in life that, that I deemed the worst thing that ever happened to me. So much so that I sought out therapy and counseling uh, and to, to overcome the acute nature of it. Years later, I, was, I actually reframed that worst thing to call it the best worst thing that ever happened to me. And uh, what I mean by that is that I had so many blessings come to me that came through the fire that I went through that couldn't have come to me unless I had gone through the fire. So the false evidence appearing real meaning means that, yes, it appears real. It, it like you will absolutely feel as though this is crushing and this is like maybe the your greatest test ever and the worst thing that ever has happened to you possibly right and yet it is false evidence because 
it could be that it's just a doorway opening up to something so amazing that couldn't have opened unless you went through this thing. So I don't want to diminish what anyone's going through because when you're in it, it feels awful. It does. However, if you learn this mechanism that really it is creating an opportunity for you to have something much better, all of a sudden, A, that creates the hope, and B, it opens the door for you to actually find a different emotion to tap into, a different energy, a different wavelength to tap into uh, right now in, in, while you're in the middle of this terrible thing to be in hope, which then drives the positive thing to come to fruition much quicker, much faster. So you don't have to be in that terrible thing. You can actually be anticipating, oh, something terrible is happening or that I perceive as terrible is happening, but oh, that means something amazing is coming. So uh, I don't expect that, that you'll get this if this is your first time going through it, but if you've had other bad things happen in your life, you know what I'm saying is true because it inevitably happens over and over again. It, it just kind of, if you allow it, it happens very quickly. So what I'm hearing you say, Rick, is that that basically these horrible things, these things that we have perceived to be awful are really opportunities. They're opportunities for growth. And then what comes out of that is something amazing. Is that correct? Am I understanding what you're saying correctly? That is paraphrased perfectly. Uh, I, again, I don't want to diminish what someone's going through because when you're in the middle of that, um, it is overwhelming. It is like you, like the words I'm even saying don't even seem possible. And yet, if you allow just a glimmer, just a little glimmer of this energy that I'm throwing out to you to, to seep in and plant the seed that this could be possible for you. If you open yourself up into the possibility that it could happen for you, oh my goodness, you now have the key to unlock the door so that it can open very quickly so that you don't have to suffer for a long period of time. You can get through it quickly because you now understand that this wasn't a bad thing. It was actually a blessing in disguise. Rick, do you have other... Um other tools that you use as well. This is this sounds like, as Amy said, a, a shifting of perspective, an opening for other possibilities. Are there other things that you do as well to help yourself shift in those really dark times uh, towards something that is more in alignment with hope? Interestingly enough, uh, I'm a big believer in manifestation. I'm a big believer in uh, what the mind believes it will achieve. Uh, but there's an important step that most manifestation folks, people that believe in manifestation, but aren't seeing the actual things show up and they get frustrated and they feel like, well, geez, this doesn't work. They're missing the action step. Like, and not just an action step, but an action step in faith, like absolute faith that it's coming and that you may not know how it's coming. Like you just trust that it's coming. Um, I, I've played around with manifestation and 
there's a couple key elements. One is being detached from the actual process that you imagine. Uh, like it doesn't, if you're going to take a trip, it doesn't really matter if you took a car, a boat or, or a train or, or a plane. Uh, the key is that you got to the destination. Um, and so, so giving that up, surrendering that level of control, uh, but having the full faith and trust that you are going to arrive um, to the destination you imagined or someplace better, like allow for the better to exist, right? Because maybe you don't even imagine the, the, as good as it's going to be. Um, but then there's action. And what I've seen most is that people that, that aren't manifesting are not taking any action. And it's not about perfect action because people say, well, I don't know what action to take. It's put out the energy of what it is you desire and then take an action that comes to mind, whatever your intuition tells you. And it may not have any logic at all, but you need to trust God, the universe, however you perceive us as a collective uh, greater than yourself, uh, but you're part of that greater, then if you allow that to happen from any action and trust that the greater good is going to come to your benefit with complete faith, then that's the magic. Take, take action uh, with complete faith and trust that it's going to show up. That sounds like an absolutely beautiful recipe for greasing the wheels of hope. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you're because I, I think I so agree with that. I mean, I've studied manifestation myself and I've looked at the different elements and pieces of it. And I feel like, you know, in letting go of that control, you're actually taking more control of what happens and your destiny and you're working with the universe. Um, I mean, you, you talked about fortifying that belief that something is really going to happen. I mean, that is, that's a key piece, I believe, of, of tapping into hope, right? I agree. I, I found it by accident. Uh, I, I don't want to bring any negative energy into this conversation, but if there's someone listening and what I'm about to share is going to help them, uh, if, if you're open to it, I want to share a little story. Um, it was probably 20 years ago, uh, I got crushed. I lost a lifetime's fortune and I, I, I suffered a deep depression, so deep that I contemplated my own existence. And, and if not for being a single parent, I probably would not have made it through that experience. It was such a dark time that just getting to the point where I could feed my son or take care of simple things, like uh, here's, here's an example. I let the dishes pile up in the sink and I just, I didn't, I didn't clean them until I needed a clean dish to feed my son. And that was, that was it. Right. And I was in such a dark place that I made a simple commitment to myself that I was going to not leave any dirty dishes in the sink. And as simple as this sounds, it was the action that the universe needed to see from me that I was participating in creating something better. That I, so 
that had nothing to do with anything. So, so when I say take an action, whatever your intuition tells you, it can be as simple as something that you're struggling with. You know, show the universe that you're willing to participate in this creation because you are the creator of your own existence and what happens around you. So show the universe you want to participate. It can be as little as doing something that you don't usually like to do and, and taking that action will unlock a door. And all of a sudden, hope was a light at the end of the tunnel for me. I could see, I could see just because I took that action. And it happens quickly. Like within a week, I was, I was on my way out of my depression because of that. So, yeah, I share wow. that in case someone is in that dark place and they can see that, wow, if I can just do this one thing, it doesn't have to be a Herculean thing. It doesn't have to be solve all my problems. If I lost my business, you know, or, or I lost my job or I lost a relationship or whatever it is, you know, like, like there is something better. Hope is around the corner. Take action and participate and you will see. Thank you for sharing that story. That's completely awesome. I really appreciate you being so real and vulnerable. That took a lot of courage, took a lot of courage. I, what I see with people so much is this expectation, right? There's expectation around how things are supposed to be. And then when we lose that, there's an expectation about how we want the new thing to come in. And you really allowed yourself to move through the pain of what you lost and to just take a little step forward without knowing what was around the corner that took a lot of courage, a lot of courage. Thank you. I, I would like to claim credit for a lot of courage, but at the <laughs> end of the day, it was just survival at that time. Uh -huh. I was just trying to survive. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I, I share the story because I, I would have loved to have heard the story when I was in that place to, to like, it would have shortened my cycle if I would, oh, I just need to take some action. It doesn't matter what the action is. I just need to do something. Uh, so yes, it can unlock a lot just by, just by doing that one little thing will turn into two little things. And then eventually the big things will come. But um, you mentioned something really important there, Kimberly, that the only way to be disappointed in life is for expectations not to be met. Mm -hmm. So if you let go of expectations, all of a sudden you can find happiness very easily because there's no expectation attached to it. Exactly. That's true. That it's simple, is Kimberly. But it's not easy. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but this is something that Kimberly and I have explored a lot, actually. We've we've studied together and we've talked about releasing expectations. That's a I mean, that's such that's that's such an instrumental part of hope, I believe. You know, it, it sounds counterintuitive to let go of expectations and have hope, but really that's how that's how we get to that place of, of having hope is not having expectations and being satisfied and grateful for what comes. And the biggest things, the greatest lessons come in the smallest packages. 
when I met Amy, I had a, a store, Mystical Awakenings, and I taught classes and I sold items and I got exposed to toxic mold while I was there. Made me really sick and I had to give up the store. And I had invested so much time and money and I had an expectation about how that was going to look. And Amy consistently reflected back to me about giving up expectations, demands, and desires. And I would say that sentence to myself over and over again. And it did exactly what you're saying, Rick, is it opened up so many more possibilities for me once I shifted out of that uh, to have an online school, to sit here and talk to you today. And I'm so much happier. So I can see exactly what you're saying that, um, there was something like it was a dark time, but it's such a better time now. I love that. This is this is an awesome conversation and, and one that I'm sure we could talk about for days or weeks. It's so much fun. And uh, I think that I think that this is something that is a journey to explore for anyone that is um either currently going through this and or uh, just an awareness so that when it comes up next time for you, that you can see that, oh, this is actually a blessing. And there's something amazing. There's like a Christmas present I, or, or a gift that I get to open uh, because uh, I, it's wrapped up in this thing that may not look like it's a gift. But once I get the wrapping off, the gift inside is going to be so amazing. And uh, this is a blessing to be able to share this with everyone today. So thank you for inviting me. That's a, that's such a great outlook. I love that. Uh, I love the way you summed it up. And along those lines, maybe you could just give us a minute and tell us about what you're doing. Speaking of gifts and opportunities. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so I am working on creating a movement and a technology around a philosophy that is being in the flow of money. And the philosophy is the more you give, the more you get. Like we have a world that says that, that somehow in capitalism, someone has to give up money in order for another person to trade them something of value in order, like it's an exchange. Uh, I have created a technology called 1010, uh, spelled out T-E-N, the number 10, and we're at T-E-N, the number 10, dot app. Uh, instead of dot com, it's dot app. And 1010 is a app that will help local nonprofits local businesses, and potentially you, uh, the consumer. So the way it works is a consumer uh, downloads the app for free uh, and uses it to make local purchases. Uh, the consumer gets cash back on things that they already buy, like a pizza or a haircut or oil change or, you know, any, any number of hundreds of businesses that are making offers for cash back inside the app. Every time you make a purchase, it helps up to 10 of your favorite causes. Local nonprofits is kind of our focus. And, but it could be your kid's school, it could be your church, you know, whatever it is that uh, uh, you care about. 
So when you go to buy that pizza or get your hair done and you pay with 1010, not only did you save money, but you also supported up to 10 causes you care about at the exact same time. The businesses get a win because in the past, they used to have to spend thousands of dollars to do advertising. Uh, we use a model where they pay nothing up front and no monthly fees. They only pay if a customer comes in and makes a purchase. So it's a, it's a being in the flow, meaning these dollars are being spent anyway. Like you were buying the pizza anyway, you're getting your haircut anyway, you're getting your oil changed anyway. Why not use an app that now creates a flow that helps out the local community, helps out yourself, helps out local businesses, local nonprofits. It's just designed to be a win-win-win without any losers because no one ever pays unless there's something positive happening in their life. So it's just being in the flow of money, which is very different from the typical exchanges we see. So, uh, and the app does one better. Uh, when people refer their friends, uh, you actually get bonus cash because you helped your friends. Or you, if you refer to nonprofit, uh, like, like every time you refer someone else, it helps uh, and you get rewarded. So you get rewarded for doing good in the world. And that's what I wanna teach. I wanna teach that receiving money and doing good at the same time is not only okay, it's the better way. I love what you're doing because we're seeing in the world right now uh, so much of a lack mentality where people are afraid that they don't have enough. And what you're basically saying is there's more than enough. Thank you so much for investing your time and doing that. And thank you for coming and being on the show today, Rick. Rick Swanson uh, with 1010.app, T-E-N-1-0.app. And thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, thank you, Amy, for meditation and Paul Lowe for World Game Changers. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the game's ever-changing. How will you master it?